Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. So let me ask you a question. Whether you're in the Northern Hemisphere or the Southern Hemisphere, how do you feel about winter? Now, I, I think I like winter. I know my wife does not like winter. And I would say a good many people don't like winter, but there are people like me who like winter. You know, I, for me, there's no such thing as bad weather. There's only unsuitable clothing. Uh, I, I jog every day and, and I dress for the weather. I have a little, you know, outside thermometer that tells me what the temperature is. And, and I'll, you know, I'll look at, you know, take a, a peek out the window and see if it's raining or snowing. And I'll dress in layers accordingly and mittens and gloves accordingly and scarves and all that kind of stuff. And once in a while, even a face mask if necessary, if it's a sub-zero day. But then I enjoy being outside. I enjoy that brisk, cold air. And when you're dressed for it, you know, there, there are opportunities. So for me, there's no such thing as bad weather. That's, that's an absolutist point of view. The weather today is bad. <laughs> no, no, and it's we're about to get some rain. I think it's from the hur another hurricane that's coming up the coast. And it's going to rain for today and tomorrow quite heavily. And people would be tempted to feel, well, that's a bad thing. All that rain and torrential rain and wind. But it's neither good nor bad. You know, it's it's rain. It's up to us to interpret our lives, nature. Uh, and to put a label on it. Now, my label happens to be that uh, it just is. So I, I avoid the labeling process completely. And I try to embrace what is. And But there are many people, like I said, who, who look at the cold and the onset of winter. They have a hard time. And if you are one of these people who who really cringe at the thought of summer and autumn receding and winter encroaching. Let me tell you about 2,400 people who perhaps more than anyone on this planet have learned to live and embrace winter. Now, maybe you can learn something from these people. <laughs> now, who are these people? Well, th these are people who live in a place called Longyearbyen, and it's up in the I believe it's the Norwegian region, 650 miles from the North Pole. I mean, that's that's like from here to Detroit, a short distance, 650 miles. That's that's up there. This is the northernmost inhabited city in the world. And if you live in Longyearbyen, uh, you know it's dark four months of the year. And then it's light for another four months. Uh, so, you know, the, the, these people are required to embrace the harshness of 
seasonal change in a very dramatic way. And we could maybe learn a lot from them. But if you're interested in Long Yabuin, let me just tell you a few facts. I find it fascinating. Did you know that there is a doomsday seed vault in Long Yabuin? Ah, doomsday seed vault. Every plant and seed in the world is contained in this vault. It's, it's buried underneath the permafrost. And that even if all the electricity went out, it would still be safe and frozen for 200 years. So I guess the doomsday seed vault is there if we have to replant the earth. So let us let us all hope that we are not uh, leaning on Long Yabuin to save us and we won't need those, those valuable seeds. But if you do happen to live in Long Yabuin, uh, you better become friends with your rifle. Seriously, you are not allowed to really go out without one because of the, can you guess? Polar bears. Yeah, did you know polar bears are very dangerous? They like people for dinner. And and so you would carry a rifle, and it's I believe it's, it's almost a, a law in this town that you need to learn to use that rifle, and you need to carry it with you. If you're intrigued by what I'm telling you, look it up, and you can fly up to Long Yabuin and go right smack dab into the Radisson Blue Polar Hotel. There you go. It may not be a five-star hotel, but it is the northernmost hotel in the world. And if you're kind of down and out from where you live and you want a new start, well, Long Yabuin. You don't need a visa. You don't need a permit. You just show up. Now, now, now what you're going to do when you get there, I, I, I don't imagine there's that much work, but there is a, uh, a small college, university there. I know there's the northernmost nightclub in, in the world. So, you know, eh. and maybe you're thinking, well, who the hell wants to go along your bureau? But hang on a second. According to Poseidon Expeditions, Longya Buin has something for everyone. And I'm serious. There's world-class wildlife viewing, tidewater glaciers, mountain ranges, flowering tundra, polar deserts, huge ice sheets, and one of the world's pre premier destinations for nature photography. But, hey, got to bring your rifle. So. Like I said, get friendly with your rifle, not the polar bears. They are magnificent beasts, though, I have to admit. This podcast is received in, in over 80 countries around the world. But I'm not sure if Longyear Buin is one of them. So if you are a resident, one of those 2,400 people that live in this very unique climate, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me at selfcoachinghelp one word at aol.com and i'll be glad to read your comments online next week because if you live in long you along your buin you've got a uh, uh you've got a voice here for you <laughs> I, i'm here to support anyone that lives in that kind of extreme climate and challenge of the seasons you know i'm looking at the trees now and you know, the leaves are, you know, starting to go in their decline and soon the trees will be bare and the trees will be naked. And we often say the trees are dormant. Now, 
we complain about the dormancy of winter, but have you ever heard a tree complaining? Of course not. Trees don't complain. And why should they complain? Well, think of it this way. Yeah, they lost their leaves, but that's part of a process. That's part of a process of renewal. And to us, we need to look at that tree and recognize that the tree is preparing for a new season. So what is winter? Well, it's a consolidation. It's a regrouping of energy. And it's dormancy in many ways, even in our own lives. But without winter, perhaps our trees, like people, would burn themselves out. So trees need to recoup. They need to regain and consolidate their energy for the summer to come. So maybe we need winter. You know, people, maybe we, we need to have this change to consolidate, to rejuvenate, to regroup. Do you ever think of it that way? That, you know, nature kind of works with us and it allows us to shift gears. That frenetic gear of summer where we're doing all this stuff and we're out and we're running around and we're burning the candle at both ends. And then comes winter and things get more compressed. With that compression comes opportunity. Uh -huh. So maybe we need to see the value in winter. Now, maybe you feel that's a stretch and maybe you hate winter and you don't like what I'm saying. Well, let, let me go on a bit. First thing I would suggest stop complaining about winter. And actually, I would suggest stop complaining in general. Seriously. When you complain, that's salt in the womb. You're kind of revisiting the complaint, and you are now re-experiencing it in your mind. Like the uh, guy that comes home from work, and he sees his wife, and she goes, oh, dear, how was your day today? Oh, you won't believe it. So-and-so said, blah, 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 blah. So he's complaining, and by complaining, he's reviving that experience, that negative experience, and he's reliving it. And when we relive something, we, we relive the chemical reaction to that, maybe not as extreme, but we relive that chemical response. So complaining is just really a, a way to, as I say, it's salt to the wound, insult to injury, and why do we do it? Well, sometimes we, we want to release some of that that's pent up that we're still holding in. But you have a lot to gain by becoming a non-complainer. So the first step in trying to embrace winter, to relativize winter, is to stop complaining about winter. And by all means, one way to do that is to stop comparing it to summer. Oh, it's so nice in the summer. And now it's so cold. Stop making the comparison. That exacerbates the perception. I mean, you're you're hanging on to the season that passed. You're not present. You're clinging to the leaves. Trees don't cling to their leaves. They let them go. And we can learn a lot from nature because nature is a type of metaphor for what we need. Psychologically speaking, from a self-coaching standpoint, you need summer you need winter. You know, I like to think of winter as a time of introversion and summer as a time of extroversion, right? I mean, it makes, makes sense. In the summertime, we're mostly running out of the house doing things. 
we're we're getting some exercise we're going to barbecues we're swimming we're playing tennis we're doing all this wonderful stuff for all those hours that we have you get nine more hours of sunlight in the in the summer than the winter so you're doing all this stuff it's an extroverted season as opposed to winter where we start to consolidate we have nine less hours to do it in so we retreat to more of life's intimate experiences Remember I said we need both. So we become less frenetic, more internal. We gear more toward family, reflecting, reading, taking time, or maybe being forced to take time because there's less daylight. But we take time for more subtle possibilities if you're able to not resist the winter. Don't you ever wonder what... Native Americans or cave people did at night, especially during the winter. Well, I guess they had the entertainment of their fire, which, which to us, of course, seems not as good as the internet or Google. But I'm sure they had dances or songs or whatever they do. But it was a, a more intimate time, I guess. And I, you know what? It's my perception that cultures... Prehistoric cultures probably uh, had a very intimate connection with the seasons. And their lives and their psychology probably evolved with the seasons without any resistance. So why not try to change your perception, relativize that perception of winter, especially if you're negative? You know, try to recognize that wintertime is a time to recognize something about ourselves. You know, and that we kind of have to handle slowing down a bit. You know, as the sun sets here in New Jersey around 4.30, you know, you kind of you kind of feel that the day is over. And it's not over, of course, but it feels different. You know, four hours different from the 8.30 sunsets of summer. So we feel at 4.30, oh, my gosh, the days are so short. It's, you know, I don't have time. The day's over. And we find it hard to adjust at first. Well, we're used to more time. We're no longer being distracted by external events, outdoor activity. So we find ourselves maybe a bit panicky, you know, a bit bored. What should I do with my time? You know, at first, maybe nothing seems satisfying. You know, we scramble to just transition into this introverted, introverted world of low light. And I got to admit, you know, in the last couple of days, I kind of ran out of things to do. You know, I'm not used to darkness at 4.30. I mean, in the summertime, I never run out of things to do. Just, you know, yesterday, I, I tried doing a bit of reading, a little bit of working, banking. You know, it's like, I don't know, I just wasn't into it. You know, I, somehow there there was that it wasn't that usual enthusiasm for the things I do. Now I definitely don't feel this was a form of winter blues, but you know what? It's kind of in that ballpark where some, you know, in my case I was trying to transition, and and this is part of it. I, I will, I'm sure, transition, and as as the daylight continues to erode, as we get closer and closer to the winter solstice 
you know, I will acclimate. I will learn to deal more with the darkness. But just coming out of daylight savings time, which we talked about last week, and venturing into now the, the darker period, uh, it's a period of transition. We have to kind of reformulate, re, re, restack the deck, if you will. So I mentioned, you know, winter blues. Well, my perception is that winter blues are for people who are resisting winter, people who are not adjusting, not yielding, getting bummed out. Now, yielding and resisting, two very important words I can't tell you how important they are to self-coaching. When we resist, we create a state of tension. We, we create internal friction. If you hate winter, if you complain about the cold weather, you are resisting. And you are creating psychological friction. Now, that friction can lead to psychological issues, symptoms, anxiety, depression, of course, if it becomes chronic and if, in fact, you continue to resist and resent and get down on things, start pulling away from those activities that might give you meaning and sustenance. But if you yield, if you accept the fact that there is going to be a transition and you're not fighting that transition you're realizing that you just need to unfold and adapt and acclimate to the changes now maybe the people in long yabuin have it maybe easier they have four months you know once they acclimate to winter and the darkness although they have complete darkness <laughs> there's no sunlight for four months but once they adapt to it, and, you know, a lot of the Scandinavian countries, you know, they they really have learned to embrace winter. There's just candles galore and different festivities and a whole different connection to life. They They yield rather than resist. So when you have four months to adapt, you either, you know, sink or swim, as they say. So I, I think maybe maybe people in 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 the northernmost areas of the world, they do have more time to adapt. Our seasons being around three months of intense winter, well, you know we we have to do it a little bit more quickly. So you've got to yield. You're listening to this podcast and you're in the northern hemisphere. It's time to stop resisting. Go with the changes. Stop wishing it was summer. See, wishing it was summer is a form of complaining, but it's also a form of resisting. So stop wishing for something that isn't. Don't be an absolutist. Winter is terrible. Summer is great. You know, relativize your thinking. Yield to the oncoming seasons. It's healthy. And it's a way to, as the trees have taught us, it's a way to rejuvenate to consolidate, to bring psychic energy into us. And once, once you learn to yield, you know, you, you're going to stop feeling cheated out of sunlight. I mean, I'm kind of tired of hearing those around me talk about how they resent the fact that there's not more sunlight. I mean, how can you resent the fact that there isn't more sunlight? 
you know, it's not the sun's fault. In fact, it's the tilt of the earth, of course, and not the sun. But you're going to resent the tilt of the earth? <laughs> I mean, there are many things to resent in life. But let's stop resenting the tilt of the earth, okay? Give yourself a break. You know, for some people, as soon as that first snowflake falls, what do they do? They want to go the other direction. They, rather than yielding, they resist by making plans to escape to a summer place, a warmer place, a place closer to the equator. But there is an alternative attitude. And we could learn that not only from the people that live in Long Yabuin, but also those who hail from the Nordic subarctic regions of Greenland, Iceland, Norway, Sweden, Finland, and Denmark. And these, of course, are the, the winters there in these places are the harshest on the planet. And yet they approach the season in a way that embraces the outdoors. And, and here's the key and celebrates all things cozy. Uh, nice word, cozy. There's a Danish word called huga, H-Y-G-G-E. And huga, huga, I love it. <laughs> huga is, is really uh, kind of a, an embracing of the cozy. And winter is the most huga time of year. Danish doctors recommend tea and huga as a cure for the common cold. Now, you can huga with your friends, <laughs> or you can huga alone. You wrap yourself in a flannel blanket, a, a blanket, a cup of tea. But the true expression of huga is to be joined with loved ones in a relaxed and more intimate atmosphere, to embrace, to yield, and to find and renew, to regroup. So you see that our perceptions of winter, our relative perceptions, it's bad, it's good, it's this, it just is, as life itself just is. So stop being an absolutist. Open yourself up to the possibilities, both within and without this winter. Let life unfold without resisting. And why resist? Do you ever see the Tibetan sand mandalas that they make on the on the streets you know the the monks will spend hours and hours and days making these beautiful wonderful mandalas these circular circular beautiful pieces of art with sand different color sands and they're not permanent they are manifestations of the moment of the presence and I guess, I guess I like to look at, you know, the sand art of the monks. And I like to think that you damn well better appreciate it for what it is in the moment. Because the slightest breeze that comes along, and it's gone. Winter makes it a little bit more challenging to find the sand art inside of us, the bloom of the flower inside of us. But we can find those moments of presence and perhaps through the connection to others, perhaps through the coziness that comes from pulling inside rather than the extroverted outside. So this winter, try to recognize the opportunity that winter is providing you. 
It's a canvas. How are you going to paint your canvas? Are you going to resent and resist and wait for spring? Well, no, no harm in that, of course. Uh, are you going to complain? Just go through the winter with a friction and attitude of uh, discontent? No, it's up to you. As for me, I'm going to roll with winter. I'm going to continue my outdoor experiences because a little bit of sunlight is a great thing in the winter. And I'm going to appreciate the subtlety of the introverted season and maybe doing a little more self-reflection, a little bit more introspection, and a little bit more joining up with people that matter. So I wish you a happy advent to a wonderful winter season. And if you do happen to go up to Long Yabuin, don't forget your rifle. <laughs> so, and listen, and visit my website, selfcoaching.net, where you could learn no... <laughs> I'm just so excited about going to Long Yabuin, uh, where you could learn more about my self-coaching philosophy. And while you're there, do check out my latest book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression. And there are four steps in there if you follow them and practice them, I'm telling you, you're not going to believe the outcome. So check it out. Unlearning Anxiety and Depression, available at Amazon and all wonderful bookstores. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, well, it's not an option. And by definition, victims are powerless. And you are not powerless. So remember, everything's hard until you make it simple. So join me every week. And what do you what do you say we make it simple Believe together? In yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart.